Thank you for tuning in to the First Gen Hunter Podcast, the go-to resource for those seeking to establish a foundation in hunting knowledge, skills, and tactics. It only took us oh, just shy of a year to roll this episode out for you. You know, uh, <laughs> after after um, I got back from the hunting trip that we're going to talk about tonight with uh, Alex and Rasty, we couldn't get Edwin on tonight. Edwin is a uh, busy, busy man right now, and he's just not going to have the time to do it, unfortunately. Um, and I, I really feel sorry for you all that you don't get to hear the uh, hilarious jokes of Edwin. However, since this is a family podcast, um, it also <laughs> takes out a lot of editing on my end that I'll yes, have, yes. that I'd have to do. <laughs> so, <laughs> the, I guess there is there is a, a silver lining there. But Edwin, if you ever tune into this, buddy, we miss you uh, both on the podcast and in real life, man. I hope we get to do another hunt together sometime. Um, uh, Alex and I recently did a podcast going over gear for this bear hunt. And uh, Alex brought up one of my favorite memories from the whole hunt. And uh, Rasty, you probably remember this well, is when um, that night when we kind of ran into each other on accident on our way out of the mountain. And uh, you guys were just stopped in the middle of the road we were like the last couple trucks out of the mountain that night. And um, so we just parked right there in the middle of the road, got out the, yep. the tripods and slapped on the glass and and just uh, watched some deer and elk up on this uh, uh, side of this mountain. And uh, just so peaceful. You know, you can, you can always hear rushing water in the distance when you're out in places like that. And... Uh, uh, the air is just so clean and, uh, you know, you hear, uh, birds and, and, uh, you don't hear traffic and <laughs> all the things that we hear back in normal life don't have all the light pollution all around and everything. And it's just, uh, just a, a pretty serene experience and that, and Edwin was a big part of that. And, uh, that's definitely the, the spirit that we want to have is we're, we're enjoying this reminiscing trip, but, I was saying when I got back from that hunt, I basically, so we got back, what was it, Rasty on a, I think it was, it was a, a Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. And right away, Paul Rasty's, uh, well, yeah, I guess we can say this. We'll, we'll give you a little, you, you guys already know, you follow on Instagram stuff. Pulled Rasty's bear out of the cooler and uh, we uh, uh, deboned it and um, it was already caped out and for uh to uh, go to the taxidermist, but we had to get all the meat off the, and actually we had to do quite a bit of washing because uh, bears are very hairy and that hair slips off pretty quick and uh, gets on the meat. And um, uh, we also dragged the bear down a kind of an avalanche chute into onto a road. And uh, that by the way, was some of the toughest walking <laughs> crawling falling i think i you <laughs> rusty fell twice I, I think i fell once uh we got a really funny story that goes along with uh so good finishing that bear off uh that involves me nearly having a heart attack um <laughs> and and uh 
we we ended up field dressing the thing after we dragged it rolled it pulled it down the mountain on the on a logging road so it had some sand on the meat too from the sandy road and so we had to hose all that off and uh and then rasty was on his way and then by that following monday i was back to work so you know i had to kiss babies and i think caitlin my wife had to work on either that thursday night or the following friday night so so you know i was it was daddy daycare right off the bat and then i started my new career monday morning and uh you know so it was like everything kept getting pushed back it's like i'm gonna get to that episode i'm gonna get to that episode and then it's like well what are we gonna do you know to tell a story that's you know a month after it so i think it's just perfect timing that it ended up this way as we go into bear season mm-hmm. we can give some tips and tricks we can tell a good bear hunting story several good bear hunting stories uh, from this trip and uh, it's great to have alex and rasty here uh, we probably should have all uh, uh heated up some mountain house <laughs> over in honor of that trip (laughs) (laughs) i don't think my stomach could yet handle that though if uh, you listen to our last bear episode here um but um no it's it's uh so good to be here with you guys and um rasty it's been too long we used to see each other every day at lunch rasty and i used to work together and uh that's how he ended up going on the hunt with us and uh rasty is you're not a first gen hunter, are you, Rasty? Your dad used to do some hunting, didn't he? Uh, he sounds like he used to do quite a bit, and then he got married and didn't do a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> All downhill from there, huh? <laughs> so I, I had a collection of guns to play with, but I we didn't go hunting oh. a whole lot other than out in the back grove. We maybe go find some squirrels or rabbits or something, but sure, nothing big game anyway. Yep, yep. So Rasty and I, we were we were on pretty equal. Uh, plane, I would say he was a little bit more accurate shooter than I was, and that comes into the story as well. But uh, and that was even showing when we were and and you know, to be honest, Rasty and I live about two two and a half hours away from each other right now, and I think we did a really good job with that being a factor of trying to get together to practice. How many times did we practice shooting together? Three or four times before the trip. Yeah, we got together. I mean, we wanted to be comfortable anyway, so we made sure we took some weekends and mm-hmm. went and tried to get some different distances and stuff in with both pistols and the rifles. So we were yeah, trying to get true. comfortable anyway. Yep. So we we did we did as best as we could with that all that considered. And again, you know, it's it's an excuse, of course, but you know, in my case, with my wife working in in the evenings and. And uh, having three little kids to look after is hard to get out there and do that individual long distance rifle shooting. You know, I think mm-hmm. one night, what do we do? We put like an iPad in the car and turn the car on with the AC going and uh, tried to get the kids to go to sleep while we were out there <laughs> shooting, <laughs> you know, practicing 400 yeah. yard shots. That's and awesome. uh, yeah, it, so I mean, we had to do all sorts of modifications to try and make that work. And then we even did get together. And did a big practice hike. Um, we went several miles with our packs on in way hotter weather than uh, <laughs> what we had to prepare for. And, uh, you know, really put our gear to the test. Um, I think we both tried out our tents before, or at least I did. Um, mm, my brother, That's a smart decision. Yep. Yeah, my brother, <laughs> Jake, uh, he went with me on a shed hunting trip 
in March. It was pretty cold out, so I could kind of put my gear to the test in that way, and everything held up great. And uh, so, you know, all that to say, we did a pretty good job practicing. Now, Alex, on the other hand, he's not a noob. He knows the gear that he's going to use, although his pack was new this this time around, right, Alex? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and, that was a test. But he was uh he was uh practicing with his stuff as well that he needed to and of course all of us all four of us were working out and uh you know sending uh stuff on um uh you know like little gear tips and hacks that we found you know maybe deals that we found on something or or whatever and, and giving each other little reviews on what we were finding and all of that was fun you know it's all part of the build up to it you know and then um, the week kindly or kind of came here. Uh, Rasty and I were both teaching at the time, so we had to wait for the school year to wrap up. And uh, Edwin and Alex were the fortunate ones; they were not teaching, <laughs> and they were like, "We're getting," but they were so kind to wait for us because they definitely could have gone a couple weeks earlier and maybe have had better success. I don't know. There was a lot of snow probably then, but uh, yeah, I was about to say that snow. I don't know. Yeah, maybe not. But they were kind enough to wait for us. And then they went out, like, what, two days before us, three days before us? And, uh, yeah. I think we met you guys on the third day. Yeah. Yeah. We were there for 48 hours of hell before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those 48 hours were, uh, <laughs> uh, brutal for, <laughs> for Alex and Edwin. Oh, do you want to just kind of, start us off alex with how did how did day one so or well not it wasn't even day one yet like your flight out there was a disaster yeah yeah actually you reminded me about that i totally forgot about that yeah so so to put to put this into context so i was flying out from michigan edwin was flying out of nevada then you guys were driving obviously from your houses. So, you know, you guys are in Iowa. Mm -hmm. So the plan was that Edwin and I were going to fly, meet at the airport, get a rental together, the whole deal. So Edwin's flight's totally fine. He was literally leaving, I think, an hour after I was supposed to fly out. <laughs> he sends so us I, he sends us that picture of him walking through the airport with his chest rig on. <laughs> right, right. Exactly He's got his binos right. on walking through the airport. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna do some sightseeing out of his <laughs> aisle seat. <laughs> so so yeah, you know why he did that? He was trying to hold weight. Uh, for his pack and then the best part was his pack was smaller than mine and the guy still wouldn't let him take it on the flight so oh, he had to oh. check it and he was like that guy was an anti-hunter there's no way like <laughs> he was so mad <laughs> uh, so meanwhile i had a connecting flight so i my connecting flight was in minnesota so i landed in minnesota and even from the get-go before i left detroit my my flight had been delayed like four times so when i arrived in minnesota i missed my connecting flight and then i'm then i'm on the phone with you know the airport and airline and whatnot and they're telling me i can't get another flight for another like 24 hours and on top of it then i probably wouldn't land i think it was like going to be a 36 hour deal 
I got real upset and I was just like, you know what? Just cancel the whole flight, refund me my money. I'm going to get a rental car. I'm driving because it was like a 19 hour drive. So I was like, I'm going to make it there faster than the flight and I'll have a vehicle already. So we don't have to wait for it. Somehow, magically, I ended up on a flight to Seattle, like within minutes. So then, <laughs> so then poor Edwin stuck at the airport for like six hours by himself because he's <laughs> waiting for me to fly in. Sitting there with his feet kicked up, with his glass you know, with in his the airplane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, so we get there. And then I'm already like in a bad mood, right? And then. We got all our bags, so that was positive because that's that was my biggest worry was according to the flight, my bags were on another flight. <sighs> um so what ended up happening was my bags were on another flight, but they got to they got to the airport and Edwin ended up grabbing them for me. Oh, so he had good. all my bags before I was there and then all I had to do was just grab my my rifle from um, basically the, the, you know, the verification baggage deal. Yeah. Um, so that could have been a disaster, which, you know, fortunate it wasn't mm-hmm. Then we get our, so, so this is funny. So he has a, he has a rental peg, but it's in my name. So the girl's like leaving her, leaving the keys for us. And she had a Chevy Silverado for us, which is pretty fine. That's what Edwin drives. Well, I was like, well, I, you know, I had a Ram picked out ahead of time, the whole deal. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, we got the Ram too. So I said, okay, well, you know, whatever I reserve, that's what I want. Cause I didn't want to pay more for it and mm-hmm. not thinking anything of it. I'm like, it's going to be four wheel drive. So we get in it we're driving like for an hour. And then I'm like, dude, I drive a Ram every day. This thing is not four wheel drive. It, <laughs> it doesn't even have a button for four wheel drive or, or any kind of shifter or anything. So he's like, dude, we should have gotten the Silverado. I told you like that thing had four wheel drive. So I call back <laughs> and they're like, yeah, the Silverado had four wheel drive. That one doesn't. And I was like, how do you rent out? A- <laughs> oh, <laughs> so yep, I remember so there we that go. now. Yep, yep. So, so that was like strike one against me, right? So, so he's upset. I'm like, it is what it is, man. We got a two wheel drive truck now. We're gonna go in the mountains. We're gonna fit, we're gonna see how this thing gets up for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so while all that's going on, Rasty and I are finally yeah. like wrapping up the school year, and yeah. uh, <laughs> I was. I was pretty well packed when Rasty, by the time Rasty got to my place and how long were we at my house? Maybe 15 minutes, half hour max. We basically just uh, load all my stuff in the truck and, and uh, we hit the road and uh, big uh, travel hack. And this is basically just a upside upscaling from what I do uh, during whitetail season is I keep a lot of stuff in totes. Uh, just makes it so much easier to stay somewhat organized um, when you're when you're on the road. And uh, things still go to, you know, just go bonkers in the vehicle once you get to camp and you're pulling stuff out of everywhere. And, you know, you got your rain gear just like piled up on top of uh, gun cases and and scope lens protectors are who knows where you know stuff is everywhere but most things stay relatively organized in those totes so i had all my totes ready to go of course got a suitcase for hotel stays and stuff like that and then rasty and i we hit the grocery store because we wanted to get some food we didn't just want to like rack up a fast food bill plus we didn't want to be roasting our guts on on uh fast food grease 
and then have to pay the consequences for it standing over squatting over a pile of pine needles you know a few hours later and so and so we uh tried to get some food that wouldn't that wouldn't uh, wreck us on the way out there and uh, so we hit the grocery store and uh i also did i also took care of one of my pet peeves uh, I did bring other game that I'd harvested. I brought some deer sticks, and those were clutch. I mean, those were delicious all, all the way out there. We we ate those things. In fact, I think we even had a couple to share with uh, Alex and Edwin once we got there. Mm, and sure um, uh, so I got to enjoy that. And uh, on the way out, Rasty, you were kind of the driving champ. What? How far did I drive? Did I drive basically to a little bit past – Sioux Falls, South Dakota, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I drove a little stretch to start, and then you took over. It sounds like yeah, about Sioux Falls, and then I don't know. I just stay awake well at night till we just Rasty, get going. Rasty shifted her into autopilot, and uh, autopilot. next thing we know, we're well, in we, Rapid City. <laughs> yeah, well, we kept looking for a place to stop. Yeah, there was like no hotels. Like ah, let's go to the next town. Yeah, like you said, next thing we know, we're in Rapid City before we actually find a hotel, and it's three in the morning or something but well and we originally we covered good ground well and you had a buddy that we could have possibly <laughs> stayed with in rapid city but yeah. we're we're both like man we don't want to drive till 3 a.m that's gonna be mm-hmm. terrible you know but yeah, he gave me a hard time he's like you should see me when you come through he's like now nah, we're not going to stop in rapid city and then we end up spending the night there <laughs> yep and that was literally the only place we could find a hotel on the way there we stopped two or three times and a couple times nobody would even come to the counter when we rang the bell uh-huh. and uh, other times like no and in fact we call, we started calling ahead is what we started doing and um i think we eventually called through like a booking agency you know like orbits or something and uh they tracked us one down in uh um uh rapid city and so we finally got one then I drove uh, a lot of the next day because uh, I did more of the daytime driving. Rash did more of the nighttime driving. And um, we were – so we drove, yeah, all the way to camp that night just at, you know, of course, you know, last light there is 11 p.m. <laughs> and and uh, we got there probably, what, Rasty, like, 10 we probably rolled into our campsite well we got to near the campsite at a decent yes but then we didn't have internet or gps and we couldn't find where the actual campsite was yes we did hours yes yes that's exactly right and we had to drive back to internet right and download go back into town download our i remember sending you the waypoint to camp yep yep yeah, and we had to go download our our maps or whatever, and uh, try and uh, <laughs> try it again. But that was that was uh, you know at that point with what Alex and uh, Edwin had gone through, which we'll let Alex kind of return to that part here. Rusty <laughs> and I were feeling pretty good. Yeah, oh well, yeah, you should be. I guess that he had a cakewalk. That's right. So, so once you and Edwin finally got on the mountain, can you just explain to us what that first uh, hunt was like for you guys? Yeah. So, 
Okay, so 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 again to to kind of visualize this, Edwin and I, when I did the hunt plan, the objective of the hunt plan was that we were going to take out kind of like the least likely, maybe the most rugged scenario places, vet that out, and then, you know, the reality was I didn't know if we were going to meet up at X time, right? Because I, who knows, right? We we could have yeah. gotten into these gnarly areas, and then we could have found bears and could have been tagged out, right? But you know, in in order of likeliness of harvesting something, we pretty much took the two lowest possible options to just crank them out earlier in that trip so that way if we didn't meet up with you guys we would all have the highest opportunity you know success rates together so so anyways we're basically coming you know from west to east essentially and the first spot was it's just rugged rugged country i mean it's like goat country in Mm -hmm. a sense so so we get into the first area and, um, I don't know, maybe we didn't hike a ton. I mean, we had our packs on, we maybe hiked a mile and you know, the, the bad part about it, it was, it was beautiful out. It was probably like 70 degrees out, but there was still a ton of snow up high. Yeah. And as we were, as we were hiking, I was just realizing like, there's just not like the, there wasn't any of the the food sources that we needed the glacial was, lilies yeah there weren't there were no glacial lilies anywhere that um you know down low it was dry as a bone and mm-hmm. then as you got higher it was i mean you had all the rivers and streams rolling but you know i could just see the snow and i'm like just from what i'm seeing right now like this is just not it's just not what we need. Like this, this is a very, very low probability, high exertion. Yeah. I, I just said, let's turn around because we're going to burn ourselves out for something. That's just not going to potentially yield something for us. So we back out and we drive probably. Well, actually, so we back out, we did that for the afternoon. We, we backed out and then we went to another spot. And when I say the afternoon, I mean, it was, I don't know, maybe it was like one or two o'clock. So we drove another like hour, get to another trailhead, same deal. And this one was, the goal was to basically make it over the top of the mountain and then go over into the next basin because I felt like that basin would hold hold bears. So in between myself and Edwin, so I had a two-liter bladder. He had a three-liter bladder of water packed our food we were going to go up there for two days so we had two or three days with the food and the water filter the whole deal i had spots on the map of where we would find water so on and so forth we had no concerns then then we're hiking and it's like i don't know i would say at 4500 feet of elevation that's that's pretty much where the snow line was so in between like 4500 to 5000 i think it went up to like 5200 feet there's a ton of snow up there. So, so we're hiking and it's about a mile and a half in. We've already gone up about 1500 inflation. So it is just like, you're just going straight up and we're crushed. I mean, it's hot out and and mind you, this is the only day that we had nice weather. Like, you know, it's warm. (laughs) Yep. And which um, isn't good for bear hunting, by the way, uh, hot weather is no, no boy, they don't, no. they don't move in that that hot, but they also don't move in in 
dumping down rain yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> so so anyways we're we're about two miles in and i am thinking my bladder's malfunctioning right like i'm just thinking like it's i got a kink in it so i pull it out and i realize i'm bone dry out of water yeah and he's got about you know a liter left and we have probably another two hours of hiking before we were to get to that snow line so i'm looking on the map of where in theory all these streams would be and the nearest stream we're literally hitting like stream after stream after stream and nothing and it's just, they're just bone dry so i'm like okay well we're gonna have to get closer to that that snow line to melt some snow to get water well the reality was that wasn't that wasn't gonna happen uh we were just cramping um mm-hmm. my my right quad was just torn up and you know i'm just sitting there going okay, we got, now we got storm clouds coming in. We're on the side of this mountain. There's nowhere to basically put up a tent of any sort. And I'm like, okay, well, we can put up a tarp and be in our sleeping bags and we sleep on the side of this mountain or we're going to turn back. So Edwin's like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that. And I'm like, I don't either. And at this point, I'm just like, this is, this is, this is just going to suck. Yep. So we make it down and we literally make it down at, like 10 o'clock on the dot which was basically like it got pitch black out at that point mm-hmm. so i'm like all right we're not we're and by the way that was like that was grizzly central where we were at yeah so i'm like i don't want to be sleeping out here i know there's grizzlies in this area based on all the info that i had and we're just depleted mm-hmm. everything was against us at that point we we get to the truck and you know i we had every symptom of like being just super, super dehydrated. Like yeah. your stomach's cramping, your legs are cramping, you're kind of foggy, delirious. Right. So I'm like, dude, we gotta like, we have to just call it what it is. We're not going to sleep in a tent. We're going to go get the nearest hotel. There ain't a freaking place in sight that has either room <laughs> or is, a, is, is picking up the phone. So we end up driving actually back into Idaho and we sleep in the border of Idaho at this, I don't even know what to call it, but it was a room with the bed <laughs> and, and we just, we, we got crushed. We didn't wake up that next morning until like 10 o'clock in the morning. So day one was a disaster. Day two, we're pounding the leaves like no other. So, so when I tell you backcountry hunting is hard, yeah, <laughs> like this, this is like what you would be experiencing now miles in. And now the next day you're still in the backcountry, right? You don't yeah. have those comforts. So we're pounding the leaves, getting Gatorades and whatnot. And then we go into another area. And this area was like promising. You know, we get in, we start hiking, we start hitting some of these like old logging roads. We're finding sign, but it's still like dry. Then it starts raining on us, the whole deal. It's dry. We end up getting back to camp midday. And I'm looking at the map of what areas we're going to hit. We put up the tent, we put up the bear fence. We, you know, we have a camp set up. I had like, I had some lumber that was cut up to, to start a fire. And um, we go to bed and we wake up and there's like a puddle of water in his tent. And I'm like, dude, what is up with your tent right now? You know, like I thought you tested this thing out and I had not brought my tent on purpose. Because I was like, there's no point of us both packing tents. Yeah. So I was like, you know, I'm bringing all this other stuff. Why would I bring a tent to? I just him, you know, all, all this good stuff. 
Yeah. He's like, I did test it. And I was like, in, in what? And he's like, in like 70 degree weather for like two nights in, in Texas. So I was like, that's not how you test a tent. <laughs> when I ask you to test a tent, it means like you're going to shower a hose on that bad boy for like four hours to see if it's, it's going to get wet. I was like, now we're like soaked. <laughs> this is not leading into a good situation for me. Yeah. So, or for us, right? So then roll up that tent. I'm like trying to wipe as much water off the surface of it. And uh, we put it back in the bag, put up the bear fence, whatever. And then we, we head into a different area. Um, so that's kind of leading into, so then we, we're, we're going into our third area now, which is like getting closer to some different like burns, pots, mm-hmm. closer to where we're going to meet you guys. And um, we get on this, ma- it's, it's not a main road, but it is basically like a connecting road to everything that you would need as you get into the mountains and back and forth. Right. So we're on this road for about an hour and now I get a light that tells me that I have a flat tire coming. The tire pressure's low on like our front right tire. And we're in, like we've been looping, like we're circling going up the mountain. Right. So now I'm like, dude, I'm like, we got to go back down. There's no option. So now I start circling back down. And I'm driving pretty fast because I'm like, we're going to lose air and there's no flat spot until we get all the way to the bottom. So, so I book it down there. We make it in like, I don't know what took us an hour and a half, probably took me 40 minutes to get winding down that mountain. We get back into town and luckily, I don't know, we had like, I think it was 14 PSI in that tire. And we make it right at the edge of the road. Literally, we we got lucky. There was like a little grocery store. And then there was a tire shop of all things. I don't know why, but there was a tire shop. So we get to the tire shop. So we get to the tire shop and they're like, what happened? I'm like, oh, we went on this road. And they're like, oh, yeah, they just graded that road. You know, we've had like eight flat tires off of that road in the last (laughs) like four hours. And I'm like, all right, well, add that to the pot. Like, (laughs) Take the tire off. Let's see if we can save it. Totally. And the guy's like, I don't know that we'll be able to save it. We haven't been able to save any of these other tires. We're going to replace them. And I was like, okay, well, do you have this tire in stock? Because at the rate that we're going, I know that we're not going to have it in stock and we're going to be stuck here for two days or something stupid like that. So the guy's like, dude, somehow we were able to patch that tire. I'm like, great. Get back to the truck in in the lot over there. And I realized that there's a huge gash out the side of the truck. <laughs> so, so now I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Like somebody hit our vehicle and we didn't realize it. And then we take it in here. Uh, I'm now I'm like just freaking out. I'm like, okay, great. So now we're gonna have that insurance claim. It's a rental, the whole nine. And I'm like, you know what? nothing can go worse at this point. So I'm just not going to care anymore. I just don't care anymore. (laughs) We're going to go hunting, dude. Nothing's going to stop us. You know, at this point, like, I mean, the wheels could fall off of this thing. One of us can break a leg. We're going to, we're going to just be as happy as clams because we've already gotten punched in the face for like three full days. Yeah. So then you guys are now like coming over. So we are heading into this area that I know that we're going to meet you at. We found camp. I had those waypoints or whatever the case was. And then we were like vetting out this area. So we basically spent out like half the day over there, found a ton of sign, 
a lot of the spots that we were looking at were already like vetted out waypoint spots on the hunt plan. And literally I had spots on that hunt plan where like we were finding bear sign, like bear scat was like right on the side of the edge of where we were like in a yeah. park. And yep. so the rest of that evening before you guys got into camp, uh, we basically sat about 150 yards from where we were seeing just scat and like, uh, like a trail of, of, you know, bears coming in. And we ran into a few different hunters over there and they were telling us like, you know, we've seen bears here too. That's why we just keep driving these roads. Cause you know, we know there's bears here, you know, so that was promising. And then, you know, at sundown, we, we came and met you guys up and attempted to, um, get camp set up. And then of course, as we're, you know, you guys are getting your tubs out of camp, out of your truck and all that starts raining. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. What was it, Rasty? Like we got there and maybe for 20 minutes, it was nice weather. And then it rain rained. Right. Yeah. And it seemed like, like the whole time we were there, I think would we have one day that it didn't rain at all. Maybe two of the days was no rain. Otherwise every day we got something. It seemed like. Yeah, it pretty much started at that point and then rained off and on almost the rest of the trip. But I will say this. We had those 20 rain-free minutes, and that was enough time that you and I got our tents up, yep. right? Didn't we get our tents set up? Uh, yeah, yeah, we had our tents up. Before it was raining. Yep. Some of the essential stuff thrown in the tents, then we just, <laughs> just kind of... Uh, got inside and that was that was a you know that was kind of a of course it was late enough so it's like what else are you gonna do you know you're ready to go to bed you want to hunt the next day but it was kind of like this feeling like there's not really anything to do together right now you know you can't like go sit and hang out around the campfire because it is raining so hard it's just kind of like well i guess this is it (laughs) Good night. That was a thing too. Well, that was one of the things we, yep, we we'll wanted see. to do was have a campfire, and it was our last night there. We're like, we're gonna make a fire. Yep. We're only gonna be by for like five minutes. We're going back to bed, but we are gonna have a fire before yep. we leave this place. That's right. That's oh, right. So good. And and that was literally the only time we had a chance to do it. But yeah, we lucked out. We were very fortunate with with having the weather to pitch our tents. And then I would I will say this too when we left. We were blessed with some nice, like a nice, dry, breezy day. So we could get all of our tents and tarps dried out before we packed them up. Mm-hmm. So, that, you know, you didn't have to worry about mold or anything like that. And some of the other gear that was wet, we could get that all taken care of too. Um, the next day, after that first day, I realized that there were some morel mushrooms in our camp. And uh, Rasty had pitched <laughs> his tent right on a nice patch of... <laughs> Morels. <laughs> Leave it to you to find them. Like, <laughs> if if anybody was going to find morels or sheds, it was going to be you in camp of all places too. Yep, yep. Yeah, we even found a deadhead, a deer deadhead yeah. that uh, that we left behind because it was pretty much chewed to pieces. But but um, no, it was <clears throat> we, we did we did find a couple of cool items, but. It was that next day, uh, Rasty and I, we, uh, I think, did we, I don't think we met you guys that morning. I don't think we met with you guys again until that evening. Uh, we met in the afternoon because we, 
Was was that day? Was that the day that you guys saw the Bears or no? No, it was the second no. day. Yeah. So, so so yeah, you guys went into uh, you guys went into like a a specific spot. Yep. That yeah, I had that's right. Out. Yeah. Yeah, we ate breakfast and then we hiked. We drove up to a trailhead and then we hiked for a while. Yes. Um, and uh, we actually saw quite a bit of moose sign. Uh, you remember that, Rusty? Yep. Got a couple nice pictures. I think it was Jonas's birthday, so I called him on the phone. Um, and uh, we did some more hiking around. We started to like kind of test ourselves a little bit with the terrain. Walked up some real nasty, slippery slopes, <laughs> and uh, with our packs on too, with our with our packs and our and both of us, I think carrying rifles, weren't we? Or was I just carrying the rifle at that time? I think we were just bringing one still at that time. Okay, so we got up to some spots. I think we did a little bit of glassing, but but uh, we were mostly just kind of kicking the tires, you know, just mm-hmm. seeing what it, what is it that we're gonna look at, and honestly. Um, if you're a newbie going into a situation like that, that wasn't a bad way for us to start. It just kind of shows you what, what it is that, you know, you're hunting in, you know, we started to pick up on things like the moose scat, um, that started to become like a real indicator to us if we were at the right elevation for bears. Um, moose was not at the right elevation, but elk was, and, and, uh, you know, deer definitely was not, but mountain lion and wolf was, you know, and, and so, uh, we, um, we, uh, just started to kind of pick up on those little things, you know, right away. And again, you know, our experience as whitetail hunters here in the Midwest, I think those skills transferred over a little bit, you know, just reading sign, trying to trying to piece the puzzle together just like you do with deer when you're in a new area mm-hmm. hunting deer and uh we rasty's got the best scat eye out there <laughs> tell us and, about that rasty <laughs> i mean it's definitely the most uh i've spent getting excited about seeing different piles of poop on the ground <laughs> not an everyday thing for me but out there you'd see different piles like hey there's something over here but yeah yep. it was there was a lot to see there's a couple real fresh piles that Rasty found. And um, I'm trying to think. It might have been that first. Yeah, it was that first night Rasty found. We were driving on uh, a logging road. We were kind of road hunting a little bit, look, just looking for bear sign everywhere, going around the mountains. I think it had been raining pretty hard that day. And so we, you know, bears are, you know, they're not out when it's raining hard so either you can go back to camp and sit in your tent you know once again what are you going to do <laughs> or you can get in the truck and you can try driving around and maybe find a pile of scat somewhere or something like that so that's what we did and the bears do tend to walk on those logging roads quite a bit and so there's there's quite often you would find piles of bear scat on the roads and mm-hmm. uh so that first day we were driving and rasty's like whoa did you see that and there's this huge pile right on the edge. Of, and I mean, fresh, fresh, like still steaming. And, and, uh, so we basically took the next trailhead parked and we were, I mean, we were giddy as little schoolboys at that point. 
and uh <laughs> so good we, we uh we set out hiking down this uh uh you know abandoned logging road or whatever and uh <clears throat> i think looking back rasty i've thought of this a lot um we saw a lot of moose sign and it was just kind of a spooky place back there it got kind of like shady dark you know and it was an eerie uh, trail yeah it was very yeah. eerie. it's like something you'd see on like a uh, disney movie when you're a kid you know right before like all the wolves jump out and attack the, <laughs> yeah. the person or something like it was like that kind of a that kind of a vibe you know you're walking there's trees like all falling over across the road and everything and and uh when we were walking we kind of we had saved on our maps uh where that pile was so we could kind of keep in line with it, you know, and you could see that the bear probably ran either up or down the mountain right there. There was like a trail and we looked all down that trail. We looked, so then we went up to a higher elevation up above that pile. And do you remember Rasty? I had found kind of what looked like a trail up there, like going higher up into the bush. Uh huh. And looking back, I really think that, uh, that probably was the trail that that bear had taken. I, I mean, I don't know that. I'm not saying he was up there, but I think that's either where it came from or where it went. Um, and but I mean, again, you know, at that point, if you're hiked up that close, that bear knows you're there. You know, they're gonna totally. they're, they're smell gonna it. be smelling us, and we really couldn't have hunted that spot though without hiking closer because just how thick everything is you you wouldn't have even been able to see so i don't think we did anything wrong there i think we just got more valuable experience i got this really awesome picture with this giant moose rub on our way hiking up that Uh that place hiking up to the elevation i mean that thing was what it was well over my head it was probably high it was probably a good seven feet tall yep close to it and um yeah so we um we had some more laughs up there that i'm not gonna i'm not gonna share what happened (laughs) but uh i was really hoping you would but (laughs) i know you would i swear you to secrecy i'm doing my best (laughs) (laughs) oh man uh, no, it was, uh, we had some good laughs up there. We, uh, had some mysterious critter that was very agitated by our presence. Um, and it fairly large too. Like it was making a ruckus and, uh, it was just kind of at, you know, unfortunate timing. Um, (laughs) I was rather, I was rather vulnerable and, uh, that's kind of a sitting duck. You might say, (laughs) but, uh, (laughs) <laughs> I thought Rasty was going to have to save my life. <laughs> that was too hard to do anything. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, you would have shot me. You would have just put me out of my misery. Uh, but uh, no, it was, there was something up there. I don't think it was a bear. I think it, if anything, you know, and, I, and earlier I said we didn't really find moose sign at the same elevation as bear sign. I guess this would be the one exception to that. So we kind of thought maybe it was a moose hanging around up there or something because we had seen so much moose sign. I mean, giant rubs, scat everywhere. Um, just just a really moosey spot. So that, but it was fun. Like, of course, we were laughing like crazy 
and uh, we were, you know, just having a blast. You know, that's the adventure that that you paid for, right? You know, hiking totally. in there and feeling feeling a little vulnerable, feeling a little uh, like like what's what's about to happen next, and and uh, you know, having the great laugh, of course, and 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 all that. But we we ended up basically staying there till you know it was like last light or something. We started you know we started hiking back and and uh so we hiked hiked all the way back out got back to the truck um and uh made it back to camp that night took the long drive back in fact was that the night that we did that all the glassing the together them. yeah that was the same night. Met yeah, them so we road. ran into you guys on accident place. on our way out and we all we all uh enjoy those last few minutes of of light mm-hmm. and again you know like i was saying earlier it's like 11 p.m you know when it's when late doing that and it's uh, late. i think we just drove back to camp that night and you guys went back to where you were staying and uh mm-hmm. we were beat we had rash and i had done quite a bit of hiking that day and so we slept well that night and then uh it was day two for us and it was the second to last day for you guys right yeah yeah so you guys yeah because we were in that spot on the road over there glassing for probably before you guys ran into us probably two hours okay because we must have been there was quite a few trucks on the mountain that day just because everyone was having the same luck with the weather so everyone's like yeah "Yeah, either we can be in our tents or we can be in our trucks yeah and so that was exactly it yep and so there was a ton of trucks on the mountain but we must have been the last two because we we just literally parked right in the middle of the road and uh-huh. it wasn't an well, there, issue. There was um yeah, so we came down that road. We we ended up having we ended up having another vehicle come by and we were like head on with them and it was such a tight squeeze with one of us trying to get around the other one because you're on the edge of this mountain and yeah. you basically have I mean we barely squeaked through. I mean, I was, I was clinching towards the, the edge of that mountain. And then these guys had like a forerunner and they went around us kind of a deal. That was the last vehicle we saw. It was probably like two to three hours before we saw you guys. And then I saw a guy on the side on the, uh, all the way at the top. He was at the very, very top of the mountain. He was looking down. We were looking up. There's no way that he could have seen what was on that side of the mountain. That's why I was just like, we're just going to stick it right here. Cause I know for a fact, he can't see down this area. He might've just been up there. You know, the, the way that it looked on the map was he, he could see probably a few hundred yards in front of him and he could see all the way across, like he could see on our end, but there was no way that he could see underneath him essentially. Yeah. So that was cool running into you guys. And then, you know, we were, you know, we, we spotted deer and elk. So it was, it was cool to watch that. Oh, um, yeah. You know, and at that point, I was I was just excited. We were seeing some animals and whatnot, and um, yeah. I didn't have anything bad happen to me that day. So wore off all the bad luck on us at that point. So, yeah, that's right. So, so we were happy about that, and and then, well, I, yeah, you guys went back to camp. We were we were at a like a Roach Motel down the street, um, out of the mountain, basically, and I think that was put thirty minutes or so from where camp technically was. And then we met you guys back in the morning because we needed to get gas. Yeah, I think we did too. Yeah, that's 
that's where we met you at that gas station. And then that's where I remember we were looking at your phone and I was like, you guys need to sit here because that's yeah. where we were the day before, not the day before, but earlier in the day we were in that area and, and that was a very, very good South facing slope mm-hmm. that you could see very, very far into. Was so the I, right, I felt was really good the right about elevation, it. right? Everything about it was perfect. Yeah. So that's why I think we went into, well, we went into an area that we went into well, on you, day two. You guys tried getting there, but there, there was a big snow pile across the road and you guys only had the two wheel drive. And there was a couple like smaller snow piles on the way up that you didn't want a chance because of your two wheel drive. So you guys like went there and you marked it and, uh, and then you, you said to us, you're like, Hey, this spot over here, you can't really get there because there's snow on both ends yes. of, the, of the road. So you're going to have to hike a long ways, but, um, it's at the right elevation. It's South facing. It's a nice clear cut, which it was, it was all those things. Yeah, it was. I mean, it looked perfect. I remember because we hiked, we, we parked the truck. There was a, there was a tree in the road. I remember hiking, yep, we probably yep. hiked a mile and a half. And then we got to the area and I was like, we don't have enough time here, but this is perfect for getting rasty. And then I looked at the map. It was so funny too, because that slope, I had already mapped like a waypoint in that corner. We just couldn't make yeah. it to it. And I was quite upset back at the truck thing, but it didn't matter because we were hitting an old burn that I knew for a fact had bears in it. So we went back there and spent pretty much the whole day in that area the next day. And and then you guys were there. I don't remember how long you guys were there, but I remember just, well, obviously it, we, it ended we were up pretty much there all day, I think. Um, so we, we just knew like, okay, that's where we're heading tomorrow. Cause we started to figure out the elevation game too. You know, we, yep. you'd been talking about that with us. And then when we started seeing the bear piles at those elevations, it's like it clicked with us, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we're like, okay, yep. That looks great. That's our plan for today. So Rasty and I, we, we drove as far as we could. And, uh, like you said, there was a giant snow pile. So we, we parked there at the snow pile. We felt kind of bad because we're like, well, I mean, we're not sure how far the snow pile goes. And if someone's got like, you know, some, you know, swamp tires on their truck or something, they yeah. could probably get through here, but we don't uh-huh. dare risk it and get stuck. <laughs> so sorry, yeah. <laughs> we're going to hog up the whole road by parking here. And, uh, then we just got out and, you know, that was, that was a pretty big hike that day. A lot of elevation yep. gain. Um, and it was a, it was a long distance, but man, was it like, that's what, again, that's what we paid for. You know what I mean? Like that we wanted to hike, you know, we had all the gear, we got the nice, uh, boots for, it. we got the nice packs. We wanted to kind of wanted to test ourselves. We've been, you know, practicing for it. So I don't know, Rasty, that was, I mean, even without what comes next, that was my favorite like probably my favorite altogether, like my favorite part of the, the hunt. Yeah. Hiking in that area in general, cause we went back to that area the next couple of days too, and did some walking around up a little higher and a little further, but cause that area was nice. It wasn't really too steep at any time. If you were on the trail, I mean, it was right. just kind of a nice, it was a climb, and it was long, backs, but, but yeah, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. It was just kind of a, a comfortable challenge. It was kind of nice. 
Yeah, I shouldn't mm-hmm. say a lot of switchbacks, a few. Yeah, it was pretty gradual, and and we were getting high. Like, we were getting way up there, um, you know, right around the snow line. And um, uh, we started, we, we found our first piles of lion scat at this point, and that was cool. Uh-huh. Um, uh, just, I have so much admiration for, for mountain lions. I think they're just one of the coolest critters out there so coming across a bunch of their sign that was just like a real cool highlight you know and of course being the biology teacher i'm you know like grabbing a stick and picking apart their turds and looking <laughs> looking at the little pieces of bone in there and, uh, and everything. all the rabbit fur <laughs> and, and rasty and i we started this thing it, it was one of our best ideas where uh every pile of scat every different species i would squat over top of it and then uh I put together this uh, reel when we got back on Instagram to the song Scat Man. Uh, if you guys remember, remember that song. <laughs> if you guys remember that song from back in junior high? Oh, my God, uh, that's so good. <laughs> and uh, uh, so we're, we're finding some new species of scat. We found another nice big rub, probably an elk rub um, up there. Do you remember that, Rasty, that one tree that was just tore to pieces up there? Uh-huh. And... Uh, um, then let's see what else happened. So we were walking up there, we were finding elk scat then all over the place. We started seeing some glacial lilies. We're, we're looking everywhere for those glacial <laughs> lilies. By the way, you'll see that advertised everywhere. And Alex was told this by, I think it was uh, Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. Oh, go to the glacial lilies. And all four of us, by the end of the week, we were like, yeah, the glacial lily thing, like, that's kind of like, you know, t- telling aliens to look for humans at Long John Silver's every once in a while, man. Every <laughs> once in a while. You know, it's like you, <laughs> you don't go to Long John Silver's every day. You go there nope. when you're, uh, you know, you got problems in your life. And so uh, the, 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 the bears, I don't think that they frequent the glacial lilies quite as much as was told to us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we found by the end of the week that they were hanging out much more on like the grassy slopes. They really liked that grass yep. that was growing up there. And uh, so we get to this spot. There's like this really cool little bench that was kind of cut out in the side of the timber. This is really, everything's heavily forested, of course. But we have this just incredible vantage point over that that south-facing, southwest-facing um clear cut that alex was had identified for us and uh we ate lunch and rasty took a big long nap right rasty yep. <laughs> pretty much every day i could uh so <laughs> but temperature was nice the hillsides were comfortable yeah and we like it was warm enough that day and because it was constantly raining we had to have our rain gear on all the time so I got like super sweaty. And then once we got up to elevation, it was cool, right? It was cold. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And it wasn't raining when we stopped to eat lunch and t- take naps. So I got like a bunch of my, like I, I think I basically only had on my, I think I had to put on my puffy jacket. I took off my uh, base layer top and my main layer or my mid layer. And then um dried those out on a tree tried to get them to dry out in the wind it was so humid that it wasn't working all that great but it did 
they did dry them out a little bit. And Rasty slept for a while, and I did some glassing, and I tried to sleep, and tried, you know, just taking it all in, right? Just thoroughly and enjoying, enjoying the experience. And uh, it was, you know, it was kind of the time of day where it's like, yeah, you might see a bear out, but, you know, probably not yet. Probably not quite golden time. And it seemed like about 5 p.m., if I remember right, Rasty, wasn't it about 5 when action would kind of seem to start? Yeah, that sounds about right. And so about 5 p.m., we're like, all right, let's get off this bench. Let's get back down on the road. And... We're like, maybe we're going to go hike farther this way. Eh, I don't know. Maybe we should go this way. And then Rasty once again. Whoa, what's that? That's a big pile of scat right there, right in front of us this whole time. There's this huge pile. Okay, there's definitely bears in here. So we try to, like, hunker down in the drainage a little bit, but we didn't really like our vantage point there. We didn't feel like, okay, yeah, if we see something, we're not actually going to be able to get like a stable rest to get a shot. <clears throat> Cause we knew where we were glassing was, I mean, how many yards minimum Rasty. And there was a big area that we could see. So, it, I mean, our shots could have been anywhere four or 500 yards that we could have seen clearly, but that would have been a heck of a long yeah. shot. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, and we were glassing even out farther than that, of course, uh-huh. you know, like <clears throat> we were taking ranges at distances that we wouldn't get the <laughs> we can get the laser bounce back from. <laughs> you know, it was it was it was a good vantage point, but we needed to get like a better rest. So we moved back up to out of the drainage, back up onto the road and um kind of tucked in on the side of the road. Nobody was up there cuz there's that huge snow drift plus we were probably blocking any traffic that thought they could drive through the snow drift but anyways they couldn't have gone far because there was two down two or three down trees uh on the way across the trail anyways on the way up there and um uh we uh so we sit on the road and uh, we just get out the tripod the tripods and the binos strap them in and uh, at first, we kind of thought we saw something up on this peak that was off to our right, which would have been to the west at that time, because I think we were facing south pretty much. And we were looking at it, we're like, eh, no, no, it's a stump. It kept fooling us. So, and then, you know, like, that is a big part of it there, is is seeing stumps. Yeah, especially from a burn. Yes. Yeah. I mean, how many times, Rasty, do you think that happened to us a day? On that, that same stump, when we were in that spot, I don't know how many times I'd re-look at that stump. Like, man, that looks that's got to be a bear this time, right? <laughs> I know. Still a stump. It, it gets you. It would get your heart rate up. It was. It was. It was crazy how much it looked like a bear. But so we're we're going through that. We're going through that, and we're like, you know, we're like, okay, who? How are we going to decide who gets the first shot? And and I, we settled on okay, whoever spots the first bear gets gets the shot. And and then after that, it's just, you know, whatever the next bear is that anyone sees is the next person's opportunity. You know, whether they got a, you know, if they didn't, if they, even if they didn't get their bear the first time, you know, it's like automatically it's the other person's turn. So I thought that was a pretty good, pretty good way to 
you know, settle that out. So if anyone's wondering how to decide that with their buddy, because <clears throat> it's teamwork all the way. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 100% teamwork. And uh, so, you know, all of a sudden, this surreal moment, I look up and there's this big chocolate boar just all by himself <clears throat> comes into view. And I about freak out, you know, I'm like, Rasty, there's a bear, you know. And <clears throat> he must have, what do you think he was at that point, Rasty? Do you think he was probably 600 yards? He six, was quite seven, a ways away. So we moved six, a long 700 ways. yards. We moved a long ways to still be a long ways away from him. I mean, he was mm-hmm. quite a ways at first. Yeah. And we we lost sight of him within 30 seconds of that first view. He kind of walked into this little clump of trees and out of view but we were jacked at that point we're like okay this is (laughs) this is coming together you know and well then we didn't realize this but there was another way up to where we were there was another logging road that went up there we knew of one up we knew of the one that we hiked up that nobody could access. We knew of the one that was to our east, but that one was even more snowed through or snowed out. Like there was definitely no way, even if you had giant swamper tires on there, there's no way you were going to get through there. <laughs> You'd have to have like tracks, you know? Oh yeah. That, and then, but then there was this other road and we could see that that road was there, but we figured it was just one of those abandoned, like gated off roads or whatever. And so we're like having all this action go down with this bear, you know, we're seeing it and we're like, okay, we got to try and get somewhere where we can, you know, first we stayed put to try and keep glassing, glassing. But after a half hour, 45 minutes, we weren't seeing it. We're like, all right, let's go try and walk over to that other, that other vantage point and see if we can see him, find him again. And about that time, this Jeep comes driving up, uh, driving up that other road. And we're like, what that road leads up to here what in the world and to these people's credit they saw us and they turned around they they didn't want to mess us up they and they didn't know there was a bear there but they're like oh there's other people here we'll leave them alone yeah so they turned yeah they turned around and drove back out well while that's going on we're like well that that road was close enough to that bear. There's no way he's going to be around here anymore. He's probably spooked by that car. So we're kind of like walking back. We're just like going to go do some, what we felt like was going to be empty glassing hours until last light, you know? Well, then we like walk back and I'm like, Whoa, that bear just got like 300 yards closer to us. He had like gone through the trees and just, you know, the angle of the terrain and everything, you know, we couldn't see him. And then all of a sudden, there he was, plain as day. So did he go from the west side to the south? Or did he go on a different, like, no, where were on, you guys moving? So we were moving, uh, we moved from the west end of the road to the east end of the okay. road. Got it. And uh, he was walking on that southwest facing slope. Okay, so that and makes it sense. Was, and he was in the open for just a like 30 seconds when I first saw him and then he went into the timber. Well, then he stepped back into the wide open Mm -hmm. where all these trees were down. There was a ton of grass and he was feeding on that grass. 
Well, he was he was basically head on at us, like like facing us, you know, while he's grazing. He had no idea we were there. The wind was in our favor. It was, you know, really an ideal situation. We had tons of time to get ready. So we set up my pack for a rest, put out the bipod. I rasty giving me ranges for where the bear was and everything. And now it was just a matter of like, well, actually at first we had trouble finding a clear shot because there was all these treetops in the way. Remember mm-hmm. that rasty? We were having yep. trouble getting a good angle on him. Yep. And honestly, that may be, that may be what happened. <clears throat> we don't know. That may have ended up playing a factor. We don't know. At any rate, we get a good, we get a good angle on him and, uh, he's, we get a good range. He's at, I want to say he was at 350 yards, right? Like three, like 348, 349, something like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm steady and everything, but you know, I wasn't super comfortable with my MOA or not my MOA, my BDC on my scope bullet drop compensator. Yeah. And so what I did instead was just went off the box of ammunition. Like this round drops this much at this distance. And so we did some calculations and we figured out it was going to be like a, a 17 inch drop. I think if I remember correctly at that distance, so almost a foot and a half. No, it was more than that. I think it was like a 20 inch drop. So yeah. almost two feet of drop at that distance. And so I just looked at a, like a boulder out there or whatever that was next to him. I was like, okay, you know, it's going to be about two feet would look like this. <laughs> and, you know, looking back and again, we had all the, the other constraints with practicing, but we did practice quite a bit and we, we had practiced definitely at that range and even farther and we both had hit on target. And so I felt pretty confident with my shot or, you know, very confident, honestly. And I felt, I felt like, yeah, when I squeeze this trigger, dead bear. Well, I get the crossers on him. It gives me a nice broadside shot. I, you know, put it right on his shoulder, squeeze off a shot, nothing like he didn't even really react did he rasty he just kind of like maybe looked up Uh like what was that loud noise yeah he didn't seem too bothered anyway yeah so it didn't i didn't miss low so if anything if it was the my compensation i aimed too high you know Uh sailed it over his back but um i had a chance racked another one and this time I aimed lower and I shot again. And this time he took off like instantly. Right, Rasty? Oh, yeah. He but went right back into the coverage. Yeah, just went tearing up the mountain into the cover. Like, so maybe I hit him. I don't know. After looking, like, you know, after sitting there for a while, like, what happened you know <laughs> what just <And>, happened <laughs> right you know it's like I, the bear's supposed to be dead right there you know he's supposed to be rolling down the mountain right now um you know and that didn't happen and he ran off 
so like effortlessly. It's like, I don't think that I hit him. Well, then when he tears off like that, what was it? 60 seconds later, Rasty? Yeah, it was quick. But there was a little pause there. There was a little bit of time. This bear comes flying back down the drainage, right back where that bear was that I shot at, at like 100 miles an hour. I mean, it was the most incredible thing I've ever seen an animal do. Like that that terrain, we're going to talk about that terrain here in a second. That terrain destroyed Rasty and me. And this bear was running full till down this mountain over all this deadfall, just like it's nothing. And we're like, what on earth was that? And the only thing we could think was, man, that didn't look like the same bear. That bear looked smaller and darker in color. But what are the chances after working so hard to get to find one bear that there's two bears right next to each other, mm-hmm. you know? And so we're like, well, I definitely didn't hit it because there he went running, you know, a minute later right down the the mountain. Well, we did our diligence. We went and waited for a little while and then went and looked for blood. And we scoured everywhere. We could figure, we found, you know, we brought a range finder. We were ranging back to where we were sitting and everything to verify we were in the right spots. And um, we, you know, identify like, yeah, he was right next to this big stump and no blood. We couldn't find blood anywhere. We found some fresh scat, probably his. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, just, it was empty. And so, we, you know, pretty disheartened at that point, but also just like thrilled that in a way we weren't coming home empty handed because we got a shot opportunity on a bear, you know, which was, which was sweet. And even if we didn't get a shot opportunity, we had seen one, you know. Right. Right. And that was and, the first bear I'd ever seen outside of a zoo. So I mean, I was pretty pumped. You were stoked. See one. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was a real that there was a real that was a real part of it for Rasty me. You know, guys from the you know part of the Midwest, some of the few states that do not have black bears. Just seeing a bear was incredible. You know. Yeah, it's a cool so, feeling. Yeah, yeah. So we get back and back to where we shot from and we did a little more glassing, you know, just, uh, I mean, what else are you going to do? We knew we were in a decent spot there and we see this, that Jeep again, but this time they're like at the bottom of the mountain and they get out and they start hiking up like, like kind of our direction. I'm like, what in the world? They got this little dog with them and, and <laughs> like on a stroll. Yeah. Just on a stroll. I said, oh, well, I guess we may as well just call it. So we start hiking back down, and um, we run into them. They're like, hey, you guys seeing anything? And and uh, I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, just uh, just missed a shot on a nice big boar. And, uh, you know, go through the whole story and everything. Oh, and I should say, after reviewing everything, there were these four like thin pine trees that I kind of looked through when I was taking my shot, you know, and they might've been high enough to where I may have hit those trees. I don't know. They were in between me and the bear. They were probably about 200 yards out from us. And so I kind of wonder if maybe I, you know, because I didn't notice those trees, maybe I accidentally shot those trees 
and they intercepted mm-hmm. the bullet or something. I don't, you know, I really, I really don't know. But anyway, so we get back down, I give him the whole story and everything. And that was like, honestly, an awesome first gen hunter moment because <laughs> he's like asking us like, like, uh, Oh, you guys come out here often. We come out here. This is like our seventh year coming out here or whatever. And, uh, we're like, no, nope, this is our second day of hunting bears. And you know what the spray factor is where somebody like says something so outlandish to somebody that they like, while they're taking a drink or something, they just spew it everywhere. Like, you know, like they can't control themselves. Like you just said, what? Well, he basically had the spray factor when I told him that it was Rasty and my second day ever of hunting bears. And he's been <laughs> hunting bears like for, you know, years. It's his favorite thing to hunt. And he, and He's like, you guys got a shot on a bear up here after, because it's all spot and stock, you know. There's no no baiting or anything like that. You got to earn it in, in Montana, and and he's like, <clears throat> he's like, it took us four years before we ever got a shot on a bear up here, and and like that felt good, you know. It's like, yeah, yeah, I got that's a, awesome, man. I got a guy who is putting together a really good hunt plan for me. And, uh, he put us in the right spot and, you know, but, you know, to Rasty and my credit too, we're, we're figuring it out as we're going too. you know, yeah, we're, he has did a really follow, good job. following the sign, you know, sticking to the tips that you taught us and, and applying them and, you know, learning how to glass and, and all that. And, you know, so that felt pretty good there too, you know, so that made me feel a little bit better about missing the shot. Well, well, I'm <laughs> chopping it up for like, 30 minutes with this guy rasty's impatient he wants to get back and get some mountain house going he's hungry and tired he wants to go to bed and so he rolls his window down he's like man is can't ever gonna shut up and and uh that's usually no but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, so, uh, so what what did you see rasty well i just i finally got out of the truck because the conversation was going on a while so i got out and and at this point, we even still had a little hope. Like, we were kind of driving slow through that area anyway. We still had a little hope that maybe that bear we saw tearing down the mountain yeah, we, cause got we to st- about that spot and died. So we were yes, that's kind of right. slow looking around still for it. So I just kind of got out and was going to, I don't know, kind Did, of. Didn't I hear something, too? Didn't I, like, hear? And, well, I think and while like, I was still leaving in the truck, you're like, man, I, th- I thought I heard or saw something up there. And then yeah, just and then I just went back to went talking. Back to talking. And, you're and I like, get out and was less interested in the talking. So I was looking around and I was like, guys, there's a bear right there. <laughs> I'm looking <laughs> up the hill. And there was birds kind of moseying around to maybe two fifty at that point up the mm-hmm. mountain and kind of slowly working its way down towards us. So we're just, you know, all of a sudden everybody's in action mode and getting out guns and shooting sticks and mm. all this stuff. And it's go time. So it got real exciting real quick. Yeah, and this couple was awesome. They were so oh, nice. You know, um Ryan and Tracy, I think were their names. Yep. Um they they uh just were fantastic people and experienced bear hunters. And he had a nice, really nice shooting stick, uh like tripod that he quick grabbed for Rasty. Uh Rasty grabbed his dad's rifle, which you know, he wanted to do that anyways, but after me missing my shot with my rifle, it's kind of like, yeah, I'm definitely using my rifle. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, so he, he grabbed his rifle and it wasn't working out though with the shooting stick, right? It wasn't quite tall enough. No. Yeah. He was I'm a little taller than he is, I guess. So, and because I'm taller and I was looking up the mountain, 
the way I was like squatted down on this tripod trying to look up, oh, it was man. just awkward as heck. And like, I've never had like shooting a deer or whatever. I've never had buck fever or anything. I don't think it was, I'm sure there was some adrenaline going, but like I could feel my heartbeat like bouncing the scope every time because I was so awkward and yeah. stuff was shaking so bad. Oh, awesome. The, <laughs> the tripod thing was not working out. So I ended up moving over to the bed of my truck and trying to find it there. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Rasty moves over there and what did you, I mean, you saw her pretty quick in your scope, right? I mean, just walk us through what happened once you got to the bed of the truck. Well, it was still hard. She was hard for me to find in the scope. She kept kind of disappearing behind some trees and stuff. So, I mean, it was really fortunate that you were there, that Ryan and Tracy were there too, because they were kind of keeping an eye on where she was and could tell me, you know, just to the left of this tree or whatever. So that helped me get on it. And I was a lot more comfortable leaning against the truck than squatting down and looking up on the tripod. So eventually yeah, well and this is all in the last 45 minutes of legal shooting light uh-huh and finally in the scope i could get a, a decent look at it and i'm looking at it i'm like is this i i wasn't comfortable at you know sizing the bears i was like i don't know if this is a old bear or not the way i can see it in the but we knew riot. it was we knew it was legal though we knew yeah you know it was big yep. enough to be legal and you know ryan and tracy they had years and years of all this experience yeah, yep I'm asking them, like, is this, you know, is this the size of bear I should shoot? And they're just they're like, like, yeah, this is your first if you, hunt. Yeah, if you don't, if you don't shoot it, we're shooting it. That's, I think uh-huh. that's what they said. So good. That's such a good answer. Yep. yep. <laughs> so ended up getting comfortable and taking a shot and it, it definitely reacted like it was shot. Mm-hmm. So yeah, after that is. And, but it, it went out of sight then, right? Like it. Like you hit it hard, you I think you might have rolled it or something, but then it uh-huh. got up and and she went running up out of to where we didn't have right. another shot. Yep. Absolutely. So then <laughs> we're all three so excited. We did not take time to think. <laughs> yeah. No planning. No planning ahead happened next. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we we. So Kent, Ryan, and I, we started going up the mountain after it with just the rifle that I had one more round left in. And uh, we get up there huffing and puffing. I mean, oh, we it was, it was brutal. Deadfall, deadfall everywhere, you know, so steep you can pretty much reach out and touch the ground in front of you. Uh-huh. And this nasty elk trail, you know, this in this avalanche chute, it was, it was, it and was. We're trying a, to go quick because we don't want it to limp away and we'll, we want to make sure we get there while there's still some light so we're and we're busting ourselves trying to get up there but finally get another shot at it and definitely hit it again on that one and yep. then it's still not dying but i'm out of ammo so right and you know and if it was if it was a deer or something you know we probably would have we probably would have been like yeah we can go ahead and leave it at this point but uh-huh. because it's you know it's a bear and you don't know and and um you it's like we got to get another shot on this thing so i had to i had to run back down the drainage and i mean we're up there hundreds of yards at this point we're probably five six hundred yards up this drainage at this point because she went no maybe not <laughs> that far maybe more like maybe more like 350 or something uh-huh. Because she probably went, what, another 100 yards or so after the shot? Yeah. 
maybe. Well, I don't know. We were up there a ways, though. And I'm like, I just realized after that shot, I'm like, my goodness, we did not bring any rounds. We did not bring, <laughs> we didn't even bring a pistol up here, you know? Oh, man. And, <laughs> and so and you it was the just, short straw. <laughs> yep. So I was like, well, you know, my role is the supporter right now. So supporter means pack mule. So I had to. Uh, I, I was like, Rast, you keep an eye on that bear, buddy. I'll go get bullets. So I hiked back down and and uh, could not find his ammo anywhere. Couldn't find any thirty out six rounds. So I was, I just, we wanted to get, and you know, we got, we got to make sure it stays in legal light and everything. So I just grabbed my uh, um, ten mil, my bear defense pistol. And, uh, um, you know, like that's got the firepower to get it done. You know, it's a big, heavy round and everything. And so, uh, I hike up there with that and, uh, Rasty, uh, gets her done. And, and, um, I mean, just explain that moment, Rasty, the emotion, like after you knew that she was down and like, you got a bear. Yeah, I mean, it was just, again, two or three hours, the whole whirlwind of emotions. So we went from, we're on our, what, you know, second day hunting, hadn't seen anything. We weren't, well, necessarily, and, I mean, we weren't. And second day with Alex. So our second day without seeing anything, but we also knew how tough a hunting had been for Alex and Edwin. So we were like, you know, yeah, as a group, we're not, you know, there's a good chance we don't see a bear uh -huh. this week, you know. Yeah, we, we definitely hadn't given up hope, but we weren't necessarily, and we weren't like expecting to see anything very soon. And right. then we go from that to seeing your bear to losing it to seeing it again and getting a shot and losing it. And Plus, this was all happening during the best weather of the trip. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And finally getting up and getting close to the down bear and checking it out and actually feeling the fur and seeing yep. what it's actually like. It, it was cool. So yeah. awesome. Yeah. I remember when you were texting me, Dan was texting me. He's like, I just saw a bear, Rassy shooting. I missed one. <laughs> like, I'm getting the play by play, and I'm telling Edwin, and Edwin's like, You got to be kidding me. Like, they're in the spot that we should be in. And I was like, Dude, are you, are you like jealous right now? Like, this is so exciting. Are you kidding me? And he's just like, I'm just mad. We just had bad weather. Bad <laughs> if he was on oh, here poor right Edwin. now, he'd still be cussing, I'm sure. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. Well, and I'm he like, was, this he is was so awesome. <laughs> yeah. He was happy for us though. In the end, he, oh, was, he, was, he was, he was, he was just he was so happy. He was so but, mad, but it, I was dying laughing and I'm like reading the play by play, you know? <laughs> yep. Yep. And, the and I did feel bad in a way. <laughs> yeah. I did feel bad in a way. It's like, man, we didn't earn this like they did, <laughs> but I knew you guys would just be happy that we were seeing bears too. So. Oh man. Well, to me, right, I, I guess on a different perspective, right, for me, it's like, you know, I don't know. It's ex it's exciting to see you guys excited, you know, so it's uh -huh. like, yeah. and they get well, a bear down. It's just like, I mean, I was jacked and, and, um, well, and as I, your I couldn't wait for you guys to come back. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. And as your, as your clients, you know, it's like our success is your success. You know, we wouldn't. We wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for your hunt plan. So uh -huh. it was, yeah, but, you know, to that point though, like you guys, 
you guys were patient. That's like the biggest key. Like you can't just you can't just go there and hike around and move around and, and you're in and out in a couple hours, you know, you're like, you got to settle in for the day, you know, and it's, it is like to that point, right. You could sit there for 10 hours and then in 10 hours and one minute, all of a sudden, like, boom, like fireworks start going up. This is how yeah. it works. And, um, so anyways, it was fun. Cause we, we were having a, we were having a slow day where we were, but I was just dead set stubborn on, there was a bear in that area, which, there ended up being a bear in our spot yeah. as you guys were over there, you know, so I was, I was losing it as, you know, you guys were, you know, sending the play by play and whatever was happening. And, and then the best part was like, I can't wait to hear the pack out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. And we were, and you know, we were pretty fortunate there because, you know, the nice thing about climbing up a steep hill is you got a steep hill to, go down and so uh-huh. i mean there was still a ton of deadfall so it was far from an easy task but we got the bear down and uh of course we got pictures before we dragged it down and and everything and you know did everything we had to legally before we were we're moving stuff and and all that but but i got it down and uh got got uh um every you know our harvest report and everything we got uh, some of that we we had to go to the well we had to pull a tooth and we took that in the next day to the <clears throat> to the field station <clears throat> and that almost turned into a debacle but thankfully that all yeah. got sort they lost they misplaced the tooth we gave them but then they found it after they did double checked or whatever and but um like three months later like you need to get us this tooth or like you know we're finding you or something so I called yeah. him. I was like, I gave you guys the tooth like the next day. Like I took it mm-hmm. to your office. You're like, yeah, I actually found it right after I sent you that <laughs> message. So like, what is <laughs> you a heart attack, man? <laughs> yeah. And the guy that we worked with was like uh, the Ed Bassmaster character. Um, uh, <laughs> what's his name? Uh, Emilio or whatever. The, the Would you look at this? Would you just look at it? And he was just <laughs> like that guy. And I was thinking that the whole time. And he's like getting all like animated and everything while we're talking. And uh, I'm just trying not to bust up laughing. I think Rasta could tell I was struggling not, not to laugh while he's talking. It was it was all it was all part of the story. But I did want to say Ryan and Tracy helped us uh, field dress, and they held you know Tracy held flashlights for us, and they and, they were uh, huge. yeah they were a huge help. They showed us you know how to you know to cape it out the right way and 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 everything and just a you know tremendous tremendous help from them and and uh just such good people but but uh nope we got it got her loaded up into the cooler went and got ice it was a late night it took us right to the end of shooting light so we got back to camp you know after getting ice and everything probably around midnight one in the morning something like that after driving all the way out of the mountain and then back to camp and and uh man it was and from then on out you know if we're at an hour and 30 here we all got to get up and go to work in the morning and i want to hear the rest of alex's tale because they had some excitement the next day but um those were the last those were the only two bears and uh if you're wondering if we did enough diligence looking for the bear that i shot at the answer is yes yeah, I had to call you off on that because it was getting a little bit too long. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. We went and we bushwhacked. We walked into the nasty area where we saw the bear run. We found a one track, 
going up this embankment. Rasty actually found the track. And uh, it was kind of spooky in there, wasn't it, Rasty? It's like, man, we're looking for a... And it was a big bear. Like, he was he mm-hmm. was 250-plus, which is big for Montana. Um, we even went back the next day and hunted through that area trying to yeah, see we, we, we find him or something else. Yep, yep. So we worked really hard trying to find any kind of blood. Just never found anything. And uh, <clears throat> so then I think it was either that following night... Yeah, it was that following night you and Edwin went to uh, another area and got some action, right? Oh, we were in that area. And, um, it, again, one of those things on paper, I was just like, this spot has to have a bear, like right here. Literally, like, it was just this one. You, you know what, was, what made it so particular was that there was a burn. And then there was this one little hillside that was not burned. And I could, and I could tell that on like 3d, I could like, you know, like Google earth, whatever on X, I mean, whatever systems that I was plotting. And I was like, that just, this, this just says bear all over it. Right. So then we go drive through it. I think the second day and the day that you guys had shot the bears, um, we were there the whole day. And I was just dead set. We were sitting across. It was 1,400 yards. We were sitting across. Glacier lilies everywhere, by the way. And um, and and that spot, it did have some glacier lilies in it, but it just had a lot of grass. And that was the thing. I was just like, you know, if there was going to be a bear in it, it was going to come from, you know, the timber on the, on the kind of that north side, and then it was going to come and eat on the south side of the slope. And so we went back there the next day. We had a tarp up, and we literally sat in glass there the entire day from – whatever, I mean, daybreak till evening. And it wasn't until literally like the last hour of daylight that this giant black bear comes out literally to maybe within 10 yards of where that dang pin was on the freaking map. And I grab my rifle, my binos and my backpack, and I am running around the side of this mountain. And I have Edwin glassing. We don't have any radios or anything, right? So I'm just like waving around and I'm trying to get within like 600 yards of this bear. I get there to set up shop, which is literally where we parked the truck. Um, I, I'm probably 50 to 100 yards from the truck on another like hillside. And th- that bear went down in the drainage and we didn't see them for the rest of the night. But I was just like... It didn't even even matter. I just proved to myself that I knew there was a freaking bear in that area. That that just right. made me as happy as a clam. And Edwin was like, "I can't believe that, dude. Like, you're so freaking stubborn on that spot." But I was like, "I just know there's a bear there. That just there had to be a bear there." And then to see a monster bear come out, I was just like, "It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I just know there's a bear there." I would come back yeah. there and sit with a bow within 50 yards of that little spot. Cause I know that there's a bear sleeping on that North side of that little slope and he's coming right to eat on that South side. And he was probably chasing some kind of a, you know, another sow in heat somewhere. And that's mm-hmm. why I was just like, there's no way we're going to see this bear again. Cause if he goes out in that drainage and catches a hot scent, he's gone for who knows how long. Um, that pretty much made or break made or broke our hunt there where, I mean, the next day we were heading out. So, so we were done, you know, but yeah, um all in i mean great hunt just obviously i think first two days of turmoil kind of killed us but 
um, you know, it is what it is. That's that's why you call it hunting. And, you know, it, those are the ups and downs of the emotional roller coaster that goes along with it, you know, that, that you just never prepare. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. The ups and downs of hunting for sure. And, and, um, yeah, that was a massive bear too that you guys saw. I think you got, did you get a picture of him through the, um, I had him on, um, on my phone scope I was like videoing and stuff, but then I grabbed my phone and started running. So I didn't get as good of footage. Cause I knew that he was going to be yeah, gone wanted, the way that he was hiking or the way that he was moving down the drainage. I, yeah. we probably only had sight of him for 10 minutes at max. Sure. But, but, uh, just a beautiful bear. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I've said it many times. I feel like I grew 10 years in my hunting experience by, uh, doing that hunt. And, um, I think that, that you could feel the same way if you did like an elk hunt, like a hardcore backcountry elk hunt, or if you did a, even, you know, like a pretty tough, like what Jake and Fike did with the mule deer, mm -hmm. you know, that's a, that's a tough hunt, you know, mm -hmm. that you do stuff like that and you expose yourself to it you know you just stand you know it, it's it's and and, and i don't want to like totally you know minim you know minimalize or whatever the the term is here minimize the uh experience gained from like saying going and hunting whitetails in ohio instead of iowa like you're gonna learn stuff from doing that mm -hmm. You're going to grow in your experience for sure. But there's something about when you go to really big country and hunt a target that is very sparse on the landscape. Not that bear population is hurting or anything like that. It's just you're talking, you know, so you think back to your high school biology course and you learn about the energy pyramid and you have all the you know, the species that form the base that are the plants. And then you have the plant eaters and then you have the small predators and then you have the tertiary or top level or apex uh, predators, you know, uh, carnivores and, and omnivores up there at the top of the energy pyramid. The top of the pyramid is the smallest part of that pyramid, right? And that's because of two things. First of all, the amount of energy they get from their food. But second of all, the size of the population that can be supported for those organisms in the ecosystem. Because it, you know, it takes a lot of food to feed a bear or a lot of food to feed a wolf or a mountain lion. There just can't be a lot of them around. And so when you go and chase after something like a bear especially spot and stock. I think that there's a place for, for, uh, hunting over bait. You know, I'm not saying that's wrong or anything, but especially when you go spot and stock and in a <laughs> stinking rainforest, like what we were in, you know, uh, you, it, the challenge, it seems almost insurmountable a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, I can't tell you how many times Rasty we got when we were like, pulling over to get out of the truck at a new place and like hike out and go start glassing the seconds from when we stopped the truck and got out of the truck and started walking the change in how I felt about our odds was crazy. Did you notice that too? Like, uh -huh. it's like, Oh yeah, yeah. This spot looks pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go here. And mm -hmm. then it's just like, you just knew. 
you're like, I just yeah, feel good. it's probably the best. It's probably the best spot that we that we've looked at, you know, while driving around today. But it just doesn't feel super likely. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's just like mm-hmm. it's that challenging. Yeah, it's that ch- and you could be over fresh sign. Like, do you remember that one day, Rasty? It might have been our last day or second to last day. We found we were hiking down uh, in this. Um, that was the time. Okay, that that's a story worth telling. That was the day when we, it was one of our last days, we hiked down this really nasty closed down trail. It's kind of a tough walk and really craggy. And and uh, you found that very fresh pile. Uh, and we're like, oh, man, this spot. I bet a bear just walks right across here often. I think we found a couple piles, an older pile and a fresh pile. And so we hiked straight up the side of that slope that went down to that old abandoned logging road. And uh, we kind of deer hunted it like at a hundred yards up on, on the top of that ridge. And we're sitting there glassing and uh, uh, we had those grouse fly by us and stuff. We're like, what was that? You know, they were drumming around by us. That was really cool. And, um, but then we, there was something that was about 15 yards away from us. We still don't know what it was. Uh, either a moose, because we were seeing some moose sign again, uh, or a bear. I mean, probably within 15, 20 yards of us. It was making all kinds of noise down in the bushes. And uh, then it just disappeared. Like, we never got eyes on it. We heard it, and we were both, like, on edge. Like, uh-huh. I think you had your pistol out. I had the rifle ready to go. Like this was we, it was so close and un unknowing what it was. We were like, this is maybe more of a self defense time than a hunting time, and that was cool. That uh-huh. was fun, and uh, uh, but we never, and, and that very well could have been a bear. Um, but but uh, at the same time, before that happened, even though we we're sitting over that fresh sign, it's kind of like, yeah, I mean. There's a good chance this mountain's so big, we aren't going to see anything here. And so, I don't know, just putting yourself in those really challenging situations, um, I just think you stand to gain so much, even if your game bag stays empty, you know, on your way home. And and uh, fortunately for us, you know, our our group we had some success and mm-hmm. uh, we got eyes on some bears and got some got another shot off and and uh it was all just you know it was a dream hunt no doubt about it and uh, of course alex was a tremendous part of that with the planning uh from the gear to the you know the mapping side of it we all got on the same page with with uh you know waypoints and everything and and uh we we you know just the camaraderie when we could enjoy those moments together when it wasn't dumping down rain and the only thing to do was just to go back to the tent mm-hmm. um you know the 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 laughs Rast and I had tons and tons <laughs> of laughs um deep conversations uh, we had a lot of those, um, you know, just meaningful conversations and, and, uh, got to be, you know, friends like, like, I feel like Rasty and I are, we haven't really known each other all that long, but it feels almost like a 
family type of relationship. Like, like he's a brother of mine, you know, it's like Uh that kind of, and hunt, you know, I say it all the time. Hunting brings people together. And, uh, we experienced Mm -hmm. that on this trip and, um, man, I wouldn't trade those experiences for anything guys. And, uh, wouldn't want to share them with, with, uh, without you guys, you know, I wouldn't, you know, I was glad, I was glad our hunting party was who it was. It was, it was so much fun. That so was awesome. Was. So That's now the next time. thing is to plan our next one. Now that we got all this <laughs> gear and experience. We gotta, we gotta get another one planned and and uh, enjoy that. But um, you know, if you're listening to this, you you know, sounds like something you want to do. You absolutely should do it. As I said in a recent podcast, there's you can pretty much classify most people into two categories: those who talk about it, you know, dream about it. it, maybe even. But that's as far as they go. And then you got the people that are willing to do it. Do it. Mm-hmm. Be a doer. Jump in there and uh, get her done because the time flies way too fast. You know, be responsible. Have your priorities in order financially, family-wise, work-wise, and everything. Don't be a dirtbag. But, you know, clear out some time <laughs> responsibly. You know, earn that time. And, uh, you know, go out there and take that chance live life a little risky and, and, uh, uh, you know, put yourself in, into a position to experience true adventure. And I felt like we did that. And, uh, I think, uh, hopefully if you're listening to this, you feel inspired to do the same. If you do talk to Alex, tell him I sent you there. Tell him you heard this podcast, use that promo code first gen 10, save yourself some, uh, dinero, 10%. And then you can put that into more gear, or you can put it into our presenting sponsor, Spartan Forge. Get a subscription from them, which you can actually do for free. Get a free subscription, and then you just add the features you would like onto that. But you get the mapping for free and the landowner information for free, which is awesome. Um, but uh, go to uh, the show notes here. Jump on there. You can get the Spartan Forge app. And then, of course, during deer season, and there are more species that are going to get added to this once the data is there. Um, you get the behavior prediction side of that as well, so you know what days to hunt. It's just such an incredibly powerful app. Really uh, the best tool that I have as far as my cell phone goes other than 911 <laughs> or uh, <laughs> all my buddies that I can text uh, big buck down to you know bbd send those texts out uh the next thing is spartan forge on there so uh definitely get on board with spartan forge as well they are the presenting sponsor of this podcast we're so thankful for them so thankful for alex with east west hunts thankful for rasty thankful for alex and thankful for good old edwin too who can't be here tonight and thank you thankful to you the listeners for tuning in episode after episode keep reaching out love hearing from you love getting that feedback dream up a big hunt Go and do it, and until next time, take care and take someone hunting.